Welcome to the Theo Soul Podcast, where theology meets sociology, along with a little bit of soul. I'm your host, Chad Cooper. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Sunday School Sundays. This is when we set aside some time for Christian education. We will go over a Bible lesson that includes the scripture verses, a brief introduction, background, context for the time and date of the lesson. Then we will have an exposition, which will have a verse-by-verse breakdown of the red scriptures. Finally, we will wrap up with a conclusion, summary, life application, along with some discussion questions, and the DDR, the Home Daily Devotional Readings. For today's Sunday School Sundays, we will go over a Bible lesson that is entitled, Finding Hope. In the midst of oppression Or the suffering servant brings salvation And this is very appropriate Given that today is Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday And we pray that you will have a blessed day As this for the Christian is time to be thankful unto God That Jesus is alive and well that our Savior lives. The background of today's text is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 52, begin with verse 13 and then continue through chapter 53 and end at verse 12. Also, slide on over to the New Testament writings and read Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 35. However, for today's Bible lesson, we will read and discuss Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 through 11. Our key verse, our memory verse, our main thought will come from Isaiah 53 verse 5. And we will read from the KJV, the King James Version. It says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. Our lesson setting takes place circa uh, the year 518 through the year 465 BC, and the place is Judah. When life reaches its darkest depth, people wonder if there is still hope for the future. Where can we find the promise of joy that will overcome our deepest sorrow? Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 through chapter 53 verse 12 reminds us of God's servant who suffered profoundly for others. And Luke chapter 24 records the encounter of the Emmaus travelers with the resurrected Jesus. Today's passage is a brief excerpt from an extended passage that includes Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 through chapter 53 verse 12. This text constitutes the fourth and final servant song in Isaiah and is at the same time undoubtedly the most well-known of those songs consistent with the interpretive task and other passages Old Testament scholars and serious students of the scriptures exert diligent efforts 
to attempt in attempts to identify the servant in the first sits im lieben or life setting to be sure a word of comfort and encouragement were needed by the Jews who were reestablishing themselves and rebuilding their entire community in Palestine following the exile. They were faced with how to construe the messages and missions of people from their own ranks, such as Zerubbabel, Haggai, Nehemiah, and Ezra. Even more challenging was how to interpret especially in theological terms, the role of world leaders who, un- who directly impacted Jewish history. Understandably, the Jews anxiously inquired how leaders such as Cyrus, Cambyses, Darius, Xerxes, and Artaxerxes, all kings of Persia, modern-day Iran, fit into Yahweh's plans for Israel. Constant inquiry was conducted among the people concerning the identity of the prophesied servant. Multiple identities of the servant, all legitimate, had been made. The words of the prophet made it clear that at times the servant was to be identified as the nation Israel. See the reference to Isaiah chapter 49 verse 3. In most cases, the servant was anonymous, but in a few situations, the servant of Yahweh was a pagan king, such as Cyrus. Such an act was consistent with Israel's understanding of the sovereignty of Yahweh. See the reference to chapter 44, verse 24. Therefore, it was the Lord himself who said of Cyrus, quote, He is my shepherd, and I will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, let it be rebuilt. And of the temple, let its foundation be laid. See the reference to chapter 44, verse 28. Cyrus also was referred to as the Lord's anointed, whose monarchy was directed by Yahweh, and through whom the future of Israel would be directed. See the reference to chapter 45, verse 1. Given such background, it is easily understandable why Old Testament exegetes seek the identity of the servant in the original historical context of the passage. Many of the passages themselves identify the servant and the prophets were addressing a word of hope to their own generation. However, the nature of prophecy and of God's self-revelation contain a dynamism or dynamism such that the Lord's word cannot be restricted to the particularity of one locale or epoch in time. Few passages of scripture demonstrate this more clearly or convincingly 
then the servant song in Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 through chapter 53 verse 12. A distinctive feature of the song is the extent to which the servant is also a sufferer. Suffering had been associated with the servant here to four. See the reference to Isaiah chapter 50 verse 6. The suffering of the servant in the Isaiah 52 chapter 52 verse 13 through chapter 53 verse 12 passage. However, ascends to unique heights in both its intensity and character. The suffering here is vicarious. It is suffering of one for the benefit of many. So distinct is the role of the servant in the present passage that many speak of the suffering servant. Can the servant be identified or associated historically with Cambyses and or Darius? Can the suffering servant be biblically be identified with Zerubbabel, whom many biblical historians identify as a martyr? Perhaps. Yet, in the prominence of Isaiah chapter 52 verse, verse 13 through chapter 53 verse 12, in the New Testament indicates the passage is ultimately Christocentric and not strictly embedded in Israel's past. That all but one of the verses of Isaiah chapter 53 verses 1 through 12 appear in the New Testament is significant. Citations from Isaiah chapter 53 verses 1 through 12 appear in all four Gospels, Acts, Romans, Philippians, Hebrews, and 1 Peter. For the writers of the New Testament, the one whose suffering was portrayed in Isaiah chapter 52 verse 13 through chapter 53 verse 12, possibly could be identified with a figure four and a half centuries prior to Jesus. New Testament writers insisted, however, that the one who fulfilled the role of suffering servant and the savior was Jesus exclusively. Our Bible lesson will be broken down into three sections. Section number one is entitled The Vicarious Suffering of the Servant. We will read Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 through 6. Section two is entitled The Sacrificial Death of the Servant. Isaiah 53 verses 7 through 9. Section three. The ultimate triumph of the servant. Isaiah 53 verses 10 through 11. 
Section 1, beginning with verse 4. We will read from the King James Version. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Section 1. The Vicarious Suffering of the Servant Old Testament Interpreter Page H. Kelly has suggested the unit of scripture that constitutes Isaiah chapter 42 verse 11 through chapter 53 verse 12 can be discussed under the general title, quote, the travail and triumph of the servant, end quote. Isaiah chapter 52 verses 13 through 15 proceeds from humiliation to exaltation. The, suff the servant's unlikely beginnings are taken up in chapter 53 verses 1 through 3. Then verses 4 through 6 focuses on the servant's vicarious suffering done on the behalf of others. The servant's sacrificial death is contained in chapter 53 verses 7 through 9. The servant's ultimate triumph is found in chapter 53 verses 10 through 12. A brief discussion of the, the unpromising prospects of the suffering servant helps put his ministry and ultimate victory in perspective. Kelly says of what he calls the servant's, quote, unlikely beginnings, end quote. Almost all possible misfortunes are attributed to the servant in these verses. He grows up in a hostile environment like a root out of dry ground. He is so unimpressive and unattractive that men are repelled by the sight of him. He is exposed to scorn, rejection, sorrow, grief, and the bitterness of loneliness. How incredible that one who had such an unlikely beginning should accomplish such a glorious mission. End quote. See the reference to the author Kelly from his work entitled Isaiah on page 343. The suggestion has been made that Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 through 6 constitutes the heart of Isaiah chapter 53 and is simultaneously at the essence of the gospel message. That is, the guiltless suffering servant dies as a sacrifice. Israel's 
religious system. Specifically, its understanding of atonement. How one was placed in a right relationship with God. Rested on the death of innocent animals. Dying for the guilty sinners. See the reference to Leviticus chapter 16. Kelly effectively sums up the message and meaning of the servant's vicarious suffering. Quote. In verse 4, the speakers describe their initial reaction to the servant's suffering. A reaction they now acknowledge to be totally inaccurate. They suppose that he was being smitten by God for some unspeakable crime which he had committed. Their confession thus reveals that they shared the commonly held assumption that all suffering was the direct result of sin. What happened subsequently to this to change their minds is not stated, but it must have been a momentous experience. The outcome is that they now recognize that the servant's sufferings are not a consequence of his own sins but of theirs end quote see the reference to author Kelly author last name Kelly from his work entitled Isaiah found on page 342 the vicarious nature of the suffering of the servant is unveiled in the use of first person plural pronouns throughout Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 through 6 verse 5 indicates he was quote pierced end quote literally quote pierced through or wounded by our transgressions transgression from the Hebrew P-E-S-A is one of multiple Old Testament words for disobedience to God it sometimes is translated rebellion and speaks of the intentional disobedience to a specific command of God when Paul referred to the transgression of Adam humanity in Romans he had in mind the rejection of the prohibition of partaking in the forbidden fruit that the servant was bruised for our iniquities speaks of his suffering for the twisted or perverse or crooked behaviors of people, which is what iniquity means. Bruised here has the implication of being crushed as under the weight of a heavy burden. The punishment by way of chastisement, the author spoke of in verse 5 probably refers to scourging with a whip a common form of punishment in that culture the wounding of the servant is theological it has a purpose or goal it is by means of the wounds experienced vicariously by the servant that others are healed in this context the healing is spiritual not physical. The author then portrayed, then provided, the familiar and picturesque portrayal of the plight 
of human beings in terms of their relationship with God. The New Living Translation expresses it. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. End quote. See the reference to Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6 from the New Living Translation. The tendency of sheep is to travel together. If the leading sheep turns aside from the path for grass, water, or some other purpose, all sheep, all the sheep, usually follow. Such has been the pattern for the people of Isaiah's day. Such is the pattern of people for all generations. Because of that tendency to go astray, the Lord laid on the suffering servant the sins of all people in order to bring them back to himself. Section 2 is entitled The Sacrificial Death of the Servant. We'll read verses 7 through 9. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth section two animal and other sacrifices were common in the Jewish community and were understood to be an indispensable part of maintaining or restoring their relationship with Yahweh. However, the sacrifice spoken of here in Isaiah was unique. Kelly calls attention to this when he states, quote, open quote, the servant's suffering eventually leads to his death, which is described here in sacrificial terms. There is a profound difference, however, between this sacrifice and those mentioned in the priestly legislation. It is a sacrifice offered outside the temple, and the victim is a blameless man rather than an unblemished animal. Furthermore, it is a sacrifice that makes all of the sacrifices unnecessary. Close quote. See the reference to the author, last name Kelly, from his work entitled Isaiah, page number 343. This part of the passage places great stress on the passive, submissive, obedient response to that which the servant was subjected. He was the total antithesis of the straying sheep 
in the previous part of the passage. Quote, open quote, he was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word, end quote. Is how the NLT translates it. The author then turned his attention to the perfect sheep. In the balance of verse 7, the quiet, gentle nature of sheep is stressed. Having seen many sheep sheared for their wool or killed as sacrifices, the people of Israel were well aware of the submissive nature of sheep. Kelly comments here, open quote, and unlike other victims led to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. No word of accusation or self-pity fell from his lips. This statement alone is sufficient to exclude Israel from consideration as the suffering servant, for in her time of suffering she complained loudly and bitterly. See the reference and compare them with Isaiah chapter 40 verse 27 and chapter 49 verse 14, end quote. That was from the author Kelly, his work entitled Isaiah, page 343. The author then turned his attention to the death and burial of the suffering servant. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. And he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. End quote. That was chapter 53 verses 8 and 9 from the NLT version translation. To be led or taken away actually means to be taken forcibly from one place to another. In this case, it was from life to death. See the reference of Genesis chapter 5 verse 24, 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 3, Proverbs chapter 24 verse 11. The dramatic nature of the experience is enhanced by the following words about verse 9. Open quote. The text does not make it clear whether he died of some dread disease, was slain by a mob, or was executed at a farcical trial. In any event, he died the death of a sinner and was buried with the wicked. The verse ends with a ringing affirmation of the servant's innocency. Close quote. And that was a reference to the author, last name Kelly, from his work entitled Isaiah, pages 343 through 344. Finally, section three is entitled The Ultimate Triumph of the we will read Isaiah 53, verses 10 through 11. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul as an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, 
and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Everything the suffering servant underwent was part of the mysterious, sovereign plans of God, despite how horrific it was. Quote, to say that it was the will of the Lord to bruise the servant means that the events leading up to his death was were part of the dividing plan to conquer sin. The Lord permitted him to suffer. Therefore, not out of anger toward him, but out of love toward the sinner. End quote. See the reference to the author, last name Kelly, from his work entitled Isaiah, found on page 344. The passion, or suffering, of the servant was for purposes of salvation all along. Just as he always had been, God, through the experience of the suffering servant, was enacting another means by which his people could be brought back into right relationship with him. Herein is the expression of an unconditional outlook on the sovereignty of God. He is able to do and will do that which is necessary and in keeping with his character of holiness and love to achieve his purposes. The life, suffering, and death of the servant must not be viewed exclusively through human eyes. To do so is to see only unjust treatment, undeserved suffering, humiliation, senseless abuse, death, and misidentification for the servant. However, everything about the servant hinges on the opening words of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 10. Open quote. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and to cause him to suffer. Close quote. That was from the NIV translation. The revolutionary truth announced in these verses 10 through 12 is that the servant's vindication comes after his death. A great miracle takes place, therefore, for after his death and burial, he is enabled to see his offspring to prolong his days and to witness the successful completion of his mission. His death, therefore, is not his defeat but his noblest achievement and the means by which many are reconciled to God. Close quote. See this citation for the author last name Kelly for his work entitled Isaiah found on page 344. As we conclude our Bible lesson, let us look at uh, some summary remarks and uh, life application. 
Suffering is an experience most people seek to avoid as much as possible. Some suffer because they are the victims of the actions of others. Others suffer as the result of their own choices and the consequences thereof. Still, others suffer as a result of being caught in a crossfire of spiritual struggles. Today's lesson presents a different perspective on suffering. Though the Isaiah passage centers primarily on the suffering rejection of the servant, additional details concerning the servant reveal his suffering was redemptive. The agony of the servant resulted in triumph for him and for people who turned to faith, turned to God in faith. See the reference to Isaiah 53 verses 4 through 6, Acts chapter 8 verses 26 through 35. A part of what makes the good news, quote, good is that the suffering of Jesus was part of God's redemptive plan. Jesus expressed God's love for his, for creation in his suffering and provided a means for salvation. One recalls the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 from the NIV, open quote. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, end quote. Let's talk about it. Discussion questions. How does the knowledge of Jesus' suffering for our salvation affect your faith? What other ways do you find Jesus stepping up to the plate in your life? God through Christ risked so much on us. What are you willing to risk for God's sake? Think of at least three things and share uh, with either yourself or with someone you can trust. Are there instances of injustice and oppression in your family, job, church, or community? What can you do to stand with Jesus against injustice? There's an old adage that states if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. Perhaps God felt this way about our salvation. God did it God's self. God enacted this plan before the foundations of the world. See the reference to Revelation chapter 13 verse 8. With that in mind, how does it make you feel to know your salvation is eternally secured? Please share this glorious news with anyone who needs a pick-me-up. For further discussion, uh, via social media is the hashtag of the lesson hashtag the lamb he was led to slaughter like a lamb share your views and tag us at CJ Cooper 929 on Instagram and Twitter or Chad Cooper on Facebook and use hashtag Sunday School Sundays 
Hashtag the old soul podcast. Hashtag the lamb. Before we leave you, we would like to share some DDR. Otherwise known as the home daily devotional readings. Here they are. Monday. A light to Jews and Gentiles. Acts chapter 26 verses 19 through 23. Tuesday. Live the new life in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 through 24. Wednesday. Keep land faithful to godly practices. Leviticus chapter 18 verses 24 through 30. Thursday. Ignoring God's laws leads to judgment. Zechariah chapter 7 verses 8 through 14. Friday. People anxious to hear the, the law. Nehemiah chapter 7 verse 7 3, 73 through chapter 8 verse 6. Saturday. People respond actively to the law. Nehemiah chapter 8 verses 9 through 12. Finally, Sunday. Committed to a life of obedience. Ezra chapter 10 verses 1 through 12. This has been another episode of the Theo Soul Podcast. The episode entitled Sunday School Sundays. You can find this um, platform, this podcast, on many platforms. Include Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. Just search Theo Soul Podcast. T-H-E-O-S-O-U-L-P-O-D-C-A-S-T Theo Soul You can also contribute if you feel led to give you can do so via Cash App Just look us up on Cash App dollar sign CJ Cooper 22 As we said before you can uh, dialogue with us via social media, uh, reach out uh, for any other uh, questions or concerns regarding uh, theology uh, as well as sociology. On Facebook, you can look me up, Chad Cooper. On Instagram and Twitter, you can look us up at CJCooper929. We hope you enjoy this wonderful Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday. Enjoy it with family. Enjoy it with friends. Hopefully you will be safe as as the time of this recording. It is still a pandemic going on. We pray that you will get vaccinated. That you will continue to wash your hands. Wear a face mask covering properly. Covering your mouth and nose. As well as watch your distance of at least six feet. We pray that you will be blessed. Take care.